Have you ever been cursed at? I know it's an interesting question, but have you ever been cursed at? In playing college soccer as a goalkeeper, one of the tensest moments I would experience was a corner kick. Well, the opposing team's corner kick. And that's because in that moment, it feels like every person from both teams is now in the 18-yard box. The box comes very cluttered, very crowded, very quickly. And it would be in those moments where the opposing team's forward or midfielder would be cursing at me, and I'll let you imagine what was said. So the opposing team would also be cursing at my team, my team would be cursing back, and I can almost guarantee you that I was also internally cursing my team for giving up a corner kick. As I said, there are a lot of players within the 18-yard box and in my six-yard box. So, have you ever been cursed at? And while I want you to ponder that question, I have another question I want you to ponder more. Have you ever cursed at someone? Have you ever cursed someone out? Although I hear that down here it's called blessing someone out, even though there's no blessing involved. That's along the lines of bless your heart, right? And I have to say that I'm a Midwesterner and even I know what that means. But have you ever cursed at someone? I'm sure it's not something you currently practice. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have cursed at someone, and I have to say that the most often I curse at someone is when I'm driving. And it's an easy thing to do down here, here and around Atlanta. And I would often curse at another driver when that driver makes a certain choice that I don't necessarily agree with, say not using their blinker. But it happens that when you're driving and the other driver does X, Y, or Z, before you know it, you're shouting and cursing and you can fill in the blank. And it's in those moments that we are moved so quickly to blame or berate, to belittle or bash, that we're turning from being a student who seeks to understand to a critic who seeks to judge. And it's just within this hope of being a student first and not a critic that we look to our scripture for today. So let's hear this good news from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the good news from the Gospel of Matthew. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, may it be that we seek to listen with open hearts and open minds so that we might see the blessedness around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus had seen the crowds, and he knows that there is a lot that has been set into motion. This is after Jesus has been baptized, after God has claimed Jesus as his son, and after Jesus has called his disciples. But Jesus has seen the crowds, and he goes up the mountain. And it's here that we begin the Sermon on the Mount. Yet, there is a question I have. Why did Jesus go up on the mountain? I think one possible explanation is that Jesus went up to the mountain because he wanted to give his disciples a retreat. 
He wanted to give them a space so that they could breathe, so that they could process what they had just done, and so that they could prepare for what they were going to do next. Jesus' disciples have just left behind everything that they could possibly imagine to follow a rabbi, somebody that they perhaps don't even fully know. And I struggle to believe that they were strong in spirit at that moment. I struggle to believe that they were celebrating everything they just gave up. I struggle to believe that they were in a place where they felt as though they could speak up for what they needed or even to know what they needed. I struggle to believe that their hearts were entirely set on what they were doing. And I struggle to believe that they were ready for the persecution and attacks that they would be facing in the future. And I struggle to believe that I wouldn't struggle too. But Jesus sees this struggle. Jesus sees the disciples' need for comfort, their need for retreat. He sees their need for their own discovery weekend, which is why the modern service is in the sanctuary this weekend. He sees the need for them to, to break away and to process. And not only does he see this need, not only does he see the need in their struggle, but Jesus also speaks to that need as well. Jesus knows that this is only the beginning. So he begins to teach his students. Blessed are the poor in spirit, are those who, who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are going to be persecuted for righteousness' sake and on my own account. Jesus is taking a moment up on this mountain to teach his disciples and then the rest of the crowd as it gathers to say that something new is now here. What you were lacking will be provided. Jesus is saying, and he's giving us all this moment of blessing, a moment to rest in the truth that God will provide, that God will provide a fullness of life. After all, that is what it means to be blessed, that God will provide for a fullness of life, that God will be present, that God is at work in the world, and that God, God has a good purpose. And here in this discourse of blessing, Jesus begins to shift the world in a radical way. Jesus is speaking a blessing into a world full of blaming, berating, bashing, and belittling. It's a blessing that says what has been no longer will be. The kingdom of heaven starts now. No longer will your success make you blessed. No longer will your prosperity make you blessed. No longer will you be able to hoard up your blessedness for yourself. You see, in the Hebrew context of time, success, prosperity, winning, and obtaining that meant you were blessed. Does that sound familiar? Jesus is saying, that's the old way of thinking. I'm, I'm here to introduce something new. The unlikely are blessed. All people shall be blessed. And your blessedness shall turn into a blessing for others. Jesus isn't teaching that cursed are those who are strong in spirit or cursed are those who are not going through mourning. He isn't teaching that those who can speak up shall inherit nothing. Or cursed are those who are questioning of heart. Nor is he saying that we are to become poor in spirit to be blessed. Or that to be blessed we are to seek out persecution and attack. But Jesus is teaching that there is more of God to uncover and to discover. And it's within this teaching with the disciples that we realize that it's not something that's far off. Something new and big is coming but wait, it's already here. You know, before Jesus, no one said blessed is the goalkeeper. It may have been that the goalie was blessed, maybe if they won the game, but goalies weren't blessed. 
It was blessed is the forward, blessed is the midfielder, blessed is the goal scorer, for they win us the game. After all, before Jesus, it was blessed is the winner. But Jesus is saying even before the game has begun, before any shots have been saved, before any goals have been scored, blessed is the goalkeeper. Blessed is the one who will sacrifice their body to make sure the saving work is done. He's saying blessed are those who have been left behind. Blessed are the ones who try and fail. Blessed are the ones who give it all and fail. Blessed are the ones who have never been on a winning team. Blessed are the ones who don't even have the strength to compete. Blessed are the ones who feel as though they can't take another thing. Blessed are the ones who have the afflictions of their world resting on their shoulders. Blessed are you. Through these blessings, Jesus is speaking a new world into being. He's speaking the kingdom of heaven into the world. The kingdom of heaven where blessings are abundant and overflow to everyone. And these words, Jesus has already started the work of heaven here on earth. The Beatitudes are already turning the world around, saying what you thought you knew needs to be reconsidered. You need to see the world anew. See the world through the eyes of a student who is learning and growing, not a critic who thinks they have it all figured out. He says we need to be students in blessing, not critics in blaming. After all, it was John Wesley who said, the Beatitudes are a sweet invitation to true holiness and happiness. Holiness and happiness. When you offer a blessing, it is a sweet invitation for that person to learn more, to be more. Jesus brings us new blessings and brings the kingdom of heaven near to us. Jesus gives us these words of hope to the disciples and to us so that we might have something to hold on to. So we live in a world full of struggle and pain so that we might have something to hold on to as we struggle for the kingdom of heaven here and now. Jesus knows of what pain the world can bring. And yet knowing of the afflicting world, Jesus doesn't blame or belittle or bash or berate. And he definitely doesn't curse. He blesses. He blesses to and through the cross. He even blesses his neighbor on the cross. Truly this day you will be with me in paradise. And he gives us a reminder that come what may, we have a God who will provide. And that we have a God who is with us right here, right now. The Beatitudes show us that we are the ones ushering in the kingdom of heaven, that we are blessed to be a blessing. After all, the disciples, so filled with this blessing, join with Jesus, blessing the world as they go. And I'd like to believe that with these blessings, the disciples were so filled that they were built up to try and try and try again, to try and usher in this kingdom of heaven as blessings here on earth. But I know that some of us may struggle to feel or find the blessing. It's been a difficult year. So it's my prayer that whatever beatitude speaks to us, that we may hold on to it and treasure it, for it's God's promise to us. For this teaching from Jesus to his students is that when we find ourselves poor in spirit, there will be someone to lift us up. When we find ourselves in grief and mourning, there will be someone to embrace us. When we find ourselves unable to speak up for ourselves, there will be someone to advocate for us. When we find ourselves struggling to stand up for what is right, there will be a community to stand with us. When we find ourselves unable to go about making peace, there will be someone to help us find peace. When we find ourselves being attacked, there will be someone who will defend us. We are blessed to be a blessing, friends.
When we can't seem to find the blessing, perhaps we need a moment on a mountain. Jesus doesn't bless us to do some blaming. Jesus doesn't bless us to do some berating. Jesus doesn't bless us to do some bashing. And Jesus doesn't bless us to do some belittling. Jesus blesses us to bless others. So how will you bless others this week? Perhaps you've blessed someone out, but when was the last time you blessed a person? When was the last time you blessed something other than a meal? You know, I often wonder what it would have, ha- what it would have looked like if on that goal line before the corner kick came in, what would have happened if the opposing team's forward looked at me and said, keep, I hope you make this safe. What would happen if instead of bashing someone, we built them up with blessings? Jesus blesses us to bless others, friends. What will you do with your blessing?